Amen. Good morning, church. Good to be together again. And it was especially great to be gathered together last Sunday. Nothing like doing live worship, hearing the message live. Nothing like coming together, even if it's just for an hour. So remember, we are open. Make a booking. Come along and let's enjoy being together at church. Today, we're going to be breaking bread. So get your grape juice and your bread ready. And after the message, we're going to be taking communion together. During the past few weeks, we looked at some end-time prophecies and found out that it is a time of great tribulation, great problems, frustrations, fear, and pain that will come upon the world. We also discussed the fact that right now, during this time leading to the great tribulation, we all suffer pain and loss in one way or the other. We live in a broken, sinful world. We are surrounded by imperfect people. We ourselves are imperfect. And that is why we need a Savior. So even as Christians, we are not spared suffering. Jesus spoke candidly about this when he said, he said it straight, in this world you will have tribulation. And so there are times in life that are tough. Sometimes life is tough. Things don't always go your way. Sometimes people still treat us badly. Sometimes we still treat others badly. We do things we instantly regret. And at times, it seems that things happen to us for no reason whatsoever. So with this in mind, let me ask this question. Is there any redeeming value in, in problems, in troubles, in storms, and fears in our lives? In other words, is there a purpose in problems? Can we gain anything by going through trials? What do we gain after the storm? Now, we know that God is sovereign. We also know that He is all-knowing. He knows everything. So that means there's nothing that happens that God does not know about. He knows all the future events that will take place. And that includes the future events in our lives. So God knows when our hard times are coming and he knows when we get into them. And the question is, why does he let them? Why does he allow them to happen? What can God possibly accomplish through our bad times? What can God be thinking by letting us suffer hard times? Does he even care that we are going through all this stuff? There's a story in the Bible that gives us a little glimpse into answers to this question. You find it in Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to read from verse 22 to 23. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out of fear. But immediately... Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. 
And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and, and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. <laughs> what a story. Just before the story, a big event had taken place. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people, actually over 5,000 people, with five loaves of bread and two fish. That had to be awesome to witness. And the disciples were right there in the middle of it. They took the food that Jesus multiplied and they gave it to the, to the people. In, in verse 21, it tells us that it was 500 men besides women and children who were fed those five loaves and two fish. But in verse 22, Jesus immediately put the disciples in the boat. As soon as they had witnessed a huge miracle, Jesus put them in a boat and sent them ahead to go to the other side while he stayed behind to go and pray a little bit. Meanwhile, the boat ran into a storm. It must have been terrifying. The disciples got in the boat in the evening. Before the evening came, that's when they got into the boat. Then verse 25 says that they didn't see Jesus until the fourth watch. That's the Roman time for between 3 and 6 a.m. This means that they had been fighting the storm for somewhere between 9 to 12 hours. <laughs> they must have been exhausted. Then suddenly, sometime during that fourth watch, they saw Jesus walking on the water. They were so scared by that time that they thought that they were seeing things, perhaps a ghost. But it's Jesus, God the Son, overcoming the law of physics. And we all know what happened next. Peter got out of the boat and walked on water too. And as he headed towards Jesus, he lost focus and started sinking. It's actually quite funny when you read it because he starts walking and then he notices the wind. Like, you know, it is easy to walk on water when the wind is not blowing, you know. But he lost focus and he began to sink and, and, he, and he screams to Jesus, save me. And of course, Jesus does. And then Jesus and Peter got onto the boat. And as soon as they stepped in, the storm stopped. Totally and completely. The wind ceased. There was peace. And there was nothing left for the disciples to do. They didn't have to fight the waves anymore. It was calm. They were safe. Jesus was on the boat. And so they worshipped Jesus. They became acutely aware of who Jesus was. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. Controlling the forces of nature. They were in awe. Of him, And so let's keep the story in mind and go back to my initial question. Is there any redeeming value to problems, troubles, and fear in our lives? Is there something after the storm? Is there a purpose? What can God possibly accomplish through our bad times? The reality is that sometimes Jesus puts us in tough situations. 
In verse 22, it says that immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. See, immediately he made them go. He, he, he urged them. He put him in that boat and he sent them through. The disciples didn't seem to have a choice about getting in the boat. Jesus insisted that they get in the boat, that they go. Jesus, fully God, Jesus, fully sovereign, knowing what the future would hold. Jesus made them get into the boat and head towards a storm, a stormy seas. What can we learn from this? Sometimes Jesus puts us in places of weakness or trouble, so we can see him in ways we might not otherwise see him. The disciples were about to learn things about their Lord that they could not have known otherwise. They could see the great things of Jesus in great miracles. They could see great things of Jesus in the healings that they saw. They could see great things of Jesus in what had just happened the miraculous feeding of over 5,000 people. But their knowledge of Jesus would still be incomplete. They had to see great things of Jesus when their world was falling apart. They had to see that he still cared when they were about to die. They had to see that he would go to great measures to deliver them in times of trouble. They had to see that he was there for them in the good times and the bad times. There are some things we can't learn about our Savior until we are in trouble. When everything is going great, we understand Jesus is awesome and wonderful. But it's in the hard times that we find out Jesus is not only great and wonderful, but He truly cares and is still with us. He'll walk on water to be with us in trouble. He'll put himself in our storm of life so that we don't sink and we are not alone. Trouble brings us to the end of ourselves. The disciples had been fighting the storm for maybe up to 12 hours. 12 hours of not getting anywhere. 12 hours of energy, sapping, fighting and rowing. They must have been worn out. They must have realized that there was nothing more they could do. The thought must have crossed their minds that it was all over. Jesus could have come out to them much earlier. He could have come to them within five minutes of the wind speaking up, but he didn't. He chose to wait. He chose to let them exhaust all their physical resources. He chose to let them get to the point where they had no chance on their own. And then he came. Sometimes we let our good get in the way of God's best. We handle things our own way. We think we've got it. We've got it all figured out. And we act in our own strength. We've got it all under control. But there are times when we get in over our heads. We've tried everything and nothing gets better. It only gets worse. And there's not a thing we can do. It's in those times when Jesus shows up that we learn something we can never learn otherwise. Jesus can take the worst situations and make something good out of them. He can take our biggest mess-ups and redeem them. 
we learn that no matter how bad we mess up or how bad other people mess us up, Jesus can still take all that and make it right. He can be trusted in the worst times just as much as in the best times. Trouble can cause us to focus on Jesus. When Jesus showed up, Peter's troubles were about to get worse. (laughs) We sometimes talk about Peter, but he's the only guy that gets out of the boat. He's the only guy that actually walked a little bit on water, but then he lost his focus. He takes his eyes off Jesus for a second and he starts sinking. He's about to drown. His survival instinct kicks in and he does the only thing he knows how to do. He screams out to Jesus in the middle of the storm, Lord, save me. It's sad to say, but many times when things are good, we have a tough time focusing on Jesus. As long as things are rolling along nicely, we are pretty confident. We've got things under control. And I think I'll just stay here and enjoy the spot for a while. We can lose our focus on Jesus. And sometimes it takes tough, hard times to put our focus back on Jesus. We start sinking and our Christian instinct takes over. We do the only thing we can do. We cry out to Jesus. We pray. We call out on God. You see, trouble gives us a reason to worship Jesus. When all was said and done, all the disciples could do was worship Jesus. They had seen him do many marvelous things. But they got a more complete picture of Jesus when they saw him come through in their trouble. They could do nothing but acknowledge just how awesome and mighty he was. His rescue brought them to spontaneous worship. We can worship Jesus when things are good, and we should. But we can't really know the extent of Jesus' greatness until we experience his rescue. It's at that point that we finally fully realize just who our Lord and Savior is. So we are asking, is there something after the storm? Can something good come out of the storm? And the answer is yes. There is value in our problems, fears, and troubles. God will use them positively. He even allows them for our good to bring us to the end of ourselves, to focus on Him, to give us new reason to worship Him. Are you going through some hard times now? Maybe God has allowed those hard times into your life. Maybe He wants to bring you to the end of yourself. Maybe He's trying to get you to focus on Him. And maybe (laughs) you'll have new reason to worship our great God, our awesome God, after the storm. Amen. Well, we're going to have communion now. If you're going through a particular storm in your life, be it with your health, with finances, jobs, family issues, whatever it is, why don't you take this moment now to call out to the Lord as we remember what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. He died for us. His body, His blood. He was buried. He rose on the third day. He's alive today. And through this communion, we are connecting back to that event. We are remembering. Remember the things He has done for you already in your life. Remember the future that awaits for us with Him forever. And know that He can help you now, today. Let us worship Him now, 
today and thank him for what he has done, for what he will do, and for what he's doing right now. Get your bread, get your juice, and let's have communion together. Let us pray. Lord, we lift this bread before you. We thank you that this fruit of the ground reminds us of your broken body. Lord, I pray for everyone partaking communion with me right now. You know every need, every storm that people are going through, every difficulty, every situation, difficulty that they're going through. Father, I pray for your divine intervention. I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. I pray for provision. I pray for peace. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, embrace every individual, every couple, every family. Father, in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the work of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy as we take the bread. And once they, he had served the bread, he took the cup and just said, this is this cup. It's my blood that is shed for you. We know it's not the physical blood of Jesus. That symbol, it's reminding us of his blood. And because his blood was shed, every sin in your life and my life, past, present, future, has been forgiven, completely blotted out. And because of the blood of Jesus, you are right before God the Father. We are ready for eternity. Lord Jesus, thank you for the blood. You paid the price for my sin and the sin of everybody so that we wouldn't have to pay it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you can have this confidence that you are children of God because of what happened at that cross. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Be blessed as you drink of the cup of blessing. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you, Father, that in you, our life has purpose and meaning. Even the storms of life, the tribulations of life, Lord, in you have meaning. Help us to stay close to you, good times and bad times, to worship you, to be connected with you, to be aware of your presence in our lives. Bless your people, Lord God. Everyone listening, watching today, Lord, let your peace be with each one, your presence be with each one. And so now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us. See you again next Sunday. God bless you.